Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks. Ichabon T-Strainer. They're a halfling naturalist and a member of the watchful order of magists and protectors. And he's recently gone missing somewhere around the town of Red Tower, which is a logging and tourist town close to the infamous Scarlet Citadel. Our heroes have been hired to go out and find out what happened to this halfling. They've arrived decked out in lumberjack outfits in an attempt to be seen as easy marks for the townsfolk to swindle. And so far, that's worked out pretty well. But now they're in the cage and tavern inn and are being led to the room Ichabon was renting in hopes of finding more clues. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Oboe. I have an actual bottle of pop. So last week, Luke actually got a chance to play an in-game person of D&D with his D&D group for the first time since the pandemic. Everybody is vaccinated and they came on over and they played. And so we had a bevy of drinks and snacks and funness. And one of the leftover things is this boiling bottling black cherry in a glass bottle with cane sugar. And it is sweet and delicious and fairly unhealthy and I am super happy and caffeinated and full of cane sugar. And Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan and I play Jonathan the Muscular. and today I have a Oak Tree uh, Sauvignon Blanc. I made risotto uh, a couple of days ago and this is the leftover wine. It is basic but quite good. Hey, there's nothing wrong with basic. Four, four it's, dollars as long as it's good. Wine, folks. That's, that's what you get. Uh, but you know what is quality? It's this shot of Fireball and it's going to be consumed at the first casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. And this week, we have a layered dedication for it. On a high level, this is dedicated to the Canadian women's soccer team who just won gold. And it is in my Toronto Maple Leafs shot glass, which I thought was appropriate. Aww. We're also going to call out a couple of members of the team themselves. Uh, one, The first uh, player is going to be Quinn who they are the first out trans and non-binary uh, non medalist of any kind. And now they have a gold medal, thanks nice. to their team. And uh, all you got to say is, oh, Canada. There's another player that we wanted to profile, and mainly because she got her Wikipedia page uh, changed. She's the goalie, and uh, she is now, according to Wikipedia, it's probably been edited away, but for a little while, she was the Canadian Minister of Defense. Uh, Jules, why don't you tell us about uh, about this person a little bit? Uh, we're going to say a big congratulations to Stephanie LeBay, because uh, she made some pretty clutch saves uh, in penalties. If you didn't watch the game, uh, it went all the way into overtime. They went through the normal round of penalty kicks, and then they basically went into sudden death penalty kicks. And her, let me tell you, watching uh, three uh, not gotten kicks in the normal uh, was real scary. And it's really her her goaltending that uh, got got Canada that gold. 
fun fact about Stephanie LeBay, she, in, 20, in 2019 into 2020, played for the North Carolina Courage, uh, which I think is great. Awkward fact about Stephanie LeBay. Now, be- <laughs> awkward fact, they beat Sweden. Uh, she, she joined uh, the FC Rosengard. Which, according to Wikipedia, is a professional football club based in, and I'm definitely butchering this, Malmo, but it's got a little thing in Sweden. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I, and you know what, that is sort of the reality of professional sports where it's Especially like, women's sports. Especially women's sports where playing takes you all over the world. And I'm pretty sure that the Swedish public are not so, like, are not horrible, vindictive people that are going to hold it against her, especially when hopefully her local club is very proud to have some gold medal talent tending its goal. My own pet Canadian was absolutely ecstatic this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, good. This man got up early. I cannot there. I usually get up before him and work out. And this morning, after I showered, he was already awake, getting ready to turn the TV on to watch the gold medal game in support of the Canadians, who are having, I think, an absolutely fantastic Olympics. And I'm very, 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 very proud of the country that I currently get to call home. Aw. Jonathan, did you get a chance to say this fireball shot is for you? I can't remember. (laughs) This fireball shot is for you. All of you. <laughs> all y'all. All, all, I wanted... all of yous and all of they's. The only reason I was making sure is because I thought I would gently transition to Bernie asking what you're drinking, considering <laughs> it seemed like a natural transition. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't cut you off before you got in the quintessential line. So, Bernie, what are you drinking? Gosh, it, it's such a nice buildup. Once again this week, I, ladies and gentlemen... I have water. Yay, water. Uh, it, 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 you know, Godzale. I can make up some fun reason that I have water in honor of the Olympics because these poor athletes definitively need to be hydrating. It is so, 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 so hot. Hot enough in, in Tokyo that they've actually moved some of the race events north to Sapporo. Uh, shout out once again to amazing Canadian speedwalker uh, for get, getting his bronze. I've never been so so antsy uh, I, about anything in my life. Uh, but uh, no, I have water because uh, we actually will get to see some friends for the first time in more than a year and a half now that everybody is vaccinated and Canadians are uh, able to cross back over the border. Um, border opening things are weird. Um, but in anticipation of having what is going to be a very big meal and probably some drinks, I am just not drinking tonight uh, because... As you age, moderation is generally best. Uh, I would say even when you're young, moderation is generally best. So actually, yeah, I advice think- that I would have given to my my college self, which is like, you know what, treats taste better when you don't have them all the time, and mm. having just one beer is actually just fine. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, take this to heart, and also, Carlton. What are you drinking? Tonight, I have uh, some more Bionade from friend of the show, Jason. Uh, it is lemon bergamot, carbonated soft drink. And I've been sipping on it while we were doing our intros, and it is quite tasty. I am enjoying mm. this one. Bergamot. I love how both of us are rocking the, the glass bottles today. So clink. Dink. Berg- what flavor is... Like a floral, I guess? I associate it with, like, 
actually, ironically, like men's and women's perfumes and colognes. It's just like a less sweet, less tart lemonade. Like it still has some tartness, still has some sweetness, but it's not like with lemonade, you either get like really sweet lemonade or really tart lemonade. This is kind of like right down that middle of like the perfect balance between the two. I like it. But also kind of like that soda carbonated texture. Nice. You know, because liquids have texture. That's not liquid. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no, it's, uh, I learned a thing, and you know how they joke that, uh, um, carbonated water is just spicy water? <laughs> do, you, do you know that's real? I do, I do. That's and now- real! That's actually your sense, your taste buds, it, it sets off the spicy, the spice alarm in your mouth. We ended up, uh, I worked on a movie a couple of years back, and it was a lot of overnights, and so around, like, 4 a.m., you start getting a little loopy, and I was asking the first AC I was working on, I was like, hey, I'm gonna grab some water, do you want one? He's like, yeah, I'm like, alright, cool, do you want, uh, flat, or, and I forgot the word for sparkling, so I said tickle water. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's oh, between, no. like, my, like, local friends and all, it's, it's tickle water. Tickle water. I do like that, that's good. Tickle water, yes. <laughs> because, yes. you know, 4 a.m., filming brain, after, like, on a 12-hour shoot, you're like... My brain jello. Well, so I gotta ask, Travancore, are you drinking tickle water or what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening meets uh, Jules's moderation and uh, John's tart moderation with Vice. Specifically Philly Vice. It is apparently a strawberry kiwi tart ale. It's a pint. It comes from ostensibly the Conchahawken Brewing Company, but that brewing company is located in King of Prussia, which is like 10 minutes down the road from uh, Conchahawk hey! and maybe more depending on uh, how the traffic on 76 is. But if you're local, you know 23 the Gulf Mill Road. All right, here we go. Down the hatch because this is a live tasting. Live tasting. I like the crossover of all of these things, by the way. I appreciate that. More and more candy. It's more sour than tart, surprisingly, which isn't bad for me. I, I have been known to enjoy a sour ale from time to time. And uh, if you look at also the can artwork here, like you got um, Rocky with the U's like uh, over his eyes, although John would also be appropriate there. Um, and then you got the Liberty Bell and uh, you got a dude on a bike. I think the middle is the mint. I want to say the first uh, U.S. mint or the second one. I'm not sure. Whichever one's neoclassical, they probably both are. Cheers. I'm sure our audience will know and tell us because they're smart people mm-hmm. and erudite and educated. There, now that I have buttered up our audience, breaking out the dive back into the game. Breaking out those two dollar words there. Big old bucket of audience butter off to the side. There you go. Join us, audience, you brilliant, wonderful people, as we take you on an audio journey of D and D. Does does our jug make audience butter? Uh not yet, because that would be weird, but let me think about that. Let me let me consider the options for what exactly audience butter is outside of the context of of audio appreciation (laughs) although i guess that's what it could be you just go and pop open the jug and just goes you are a wonderful person and very erudite and also wonderful with long words oh man i'm just imagining the parquet like lid (laughs) talking all kinds of whispering all kinds of sweet nothings into my it it feels like that's a cursed magic item (laughs) oh okay general the 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 butter the what would it be called? The the like the butter repository. No, it wouldn't. The butter bucket. The butter bucket. Butter bucket. 
it is it is its own magic item that you have to roll a d100 and 75% of the time it says wonderful things when you open it up and it gives you very lovely compliments um all of them applicable to you none of them are are made up or anything so you feel like you're really getting complimented but 25% of the time it says some of the most horrible things ever also all of it applicable to you also yeah, all, all of it applicable it's, it's... and true oh man yep all right. Well, um, I know what. Rains. And occasionally, it gives you ominous warnings like that, or the tarantula-shaped one is a third rail agent that will betray everyone. Spoilers for a twenty-five-year-old TV show. There, and it wondering. looks like a tub of country crock. <laughs> from <laughs> like, like it actually the has 90s. burned into the, the bucket. Like one. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. The one where the hands are talking to each other, and one hand slaps the other one because it's trying to get the country crock. Yes. Oh, jeez. The the intersection of uh, of dubious eighties dairy commercials. Why Listen, does Jack know so much about dairy <laughs> butter commercials and margarine commercials? We all grew up <laughs> at a time TV in where in the eighties. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah, it is. That, that's what we did. Absolutely. Um, unfortunately, none of your characters know any of these references. So when they come across the cursed butter bucket, they are just going to be surprised, delighted, and horrified. But until that happens, we've got other things to think about. Also, there is a statistical chance that three of us would get really great compliments and one of us would get ripped to shreds. <laughs> that is... A hundred, yeah, like, I mean, it's it's a little weird how those kind of statistics work, but yes, I, I have to stat out this, this magic item. But first, at the moment, the four of you and the variety of your animal companions have just finished a lovely, if basic, dinner at the Cajun Inn Tavern, where you have arrived to ostensibly check out the room of Ichabon Tea Strainer, who is the halfling naturalist that you are charged with finding. And so at this moment, one of the two owners, this is the sister of the brother and sister team, Adriana Jorsky, is leading you upstairs. The bottom floor of the Cajun Inn Tavern is of the tavern part of everything. And when you come over to the side as she's leading you up to the second floor, that's where all of the actual rooms for rent are. And from here, you can see the supporting rafters of the building that are made out of some of the ribs of the giant that was killed here years and years and years ago. That is the namesake for this tavern and inn. And as you are going upstairs, she pulls out a set of keys and flips through them to one that is obviously a master key, unlocks the door and leads you on inside and says, I only came in the once when it had been a couple of days since I saw him. I haven't really poked around very much and we've just kept everything as is once I got a chance to talk to uh, your friend at the Watchful Order. And she motions for you to to do whatever it is that you'd like to do inside the room. The room itself is a fairly small inn room. It's got a bed, a dresser, a small chest with no lock on it for some personals. And you can see that 
there's still obviously someone who expects to be coming back to this room. Just a cursory glance around the room, you find there is clothing in the dresser. There are a little personal effects lying about. The table has some pieces of paper and some handwriting on it. There's enough personal effects lying about that it's pretty obvious this is not somebody who had bundled up their stuff and left for good. And you are now in the room of the the uh, naturalist that you're looking to find. Is there anything in specific you'd like to do? Jonathan the Magimuscular, just, just to be on the safe side, and this is probably too big of a spell for this, but uh, jo- just to be thorough, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to rub the side of his temples and all of a sudden his eyes are going to start glowing white as he casts on himself true seeing. Is there something that I I know, because this is sort of happening while you were describing and I didn't want to like interrupt it, but as we were going up the stairs with her, I feel like Bernie would have tried to keep up the ruse and be like, oh, this is very exciting, and look around the room and like smile at people, but the goal is to see who's, you know, people look up when you say something, but the goal is to see who's, like, try to, like, maybe a, I don't know, insight or perception check to see who's, like, actually cares what they're doing. Give me an insight check as your uh, kind of a general dinner plus walking up to the room insight check. Once you've given me that number, Jonathan, remind me exactly what true seeing lets you do. So uh, what's your number? 24. 24. All right. And what is what is true seeing getcha? Okay, so the spell gives the willing creature you touch the ability to seize things as they actually are. For the duration, the creature has true sight, notices secret doors hidden by magic, and can see into the ethereal plane all out to a range of 120 feet. So if we look into true sight, let me go ahead and bring that up real quick. I, I love it when they have a an aspect or a uh, attribute but then don't define it. Yes. A monster with true sight can, out to a specific range, see in normal and magical darkness, see invisible creatures and objects, automatically detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them, and perceive the original form of a shape changer or creature that is transformed by magic. Further, the monster can see into the uh, ethereal plane within the same range. So canon, Jonathan the Magimuscular is a monster. Absolutely. You've cast a spell on yourself and... You are you are now considered an ooze. There we go. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Too too many eclairs. Now I'm doughy. Or maybe you've had too much dairy. Well, wait, yeah. well you know. <laughs> I, oh, I know that feel. So here's what I'm gonna say: You enter the room um, that Adriana has kind of motioned you towards. Jonathan casts this spell on himself and starts to use his new senses to look around the room. Bernie is taking a moment to process anything that she has noticed from the people who were downstairs in the inn about the the act you are all putting on. Travancore and Carlton, what are the two of you up to right now? I mean, since Jonathan's got the magical site going. Carlton, having hid a number of things in his lifetimes from prying eyes that he didn't want people to see, he's going to search around the room for any type of like little hidden compartments, like in the desk or anything like that, that might have some clues as to what he was up to, what his whereabouts are, or any kind of information that might help us in our quest. Using my knowledge of hiding things I don't want mom to find. Okay, and before I ask you for a role, Travancore, what are you up to? Well... That depends. Like, uh, I, and during your description, did you mention that there's any like plants inside the room or any kind of plant life, any any kind, or no? Not 
as far as you can see in this room, you'd probably have to do a little bit more looking around. There is a, a, it does look like there is at least a bag that's still here. And I'll say your cursory, all of your cursory glances around the room only see the drawers and stuff that are open, but you don't see any obvious plant life. Is there a tree outside the window? Outside the window, there are trees, but not close by. Okay. Just kind of So one out. of them wouldn't be able to tell Jack what they saw. And then no ivy going down the, the windows or anything like that. It's not that kind of town. Uh, Not in this inn, unfortunately, no. Jack wants to ca- cast plant snitch. I really do. <laughs> but uh, I do. I have a plan B. Can we call okay. it plant? I think they would snitch because this is a lumber town. And they've yeah. been watching their friends get cut down. And they're going to be like, oh, fuck these people. Looking for a measure of revenge. Or Rwenga, as it were. <laughs> I do like that plan. I, I can't help facilitate it at the moment. But keep that plan in your back pocket for when okay. you do get closer to trees. What is your plan B? Plan B is to delegate responsibility to Shadow. Uh, he's going to ask Shadow to sniff around to see for anything that smells familiar. The idea being that anything that was from the Watchful Order might be familiar to Shadow. Anything that's common to adventures that might not be obvious. Uh, he's going to have Shadow do like a smell check on that. Okay, so... Carlton, give me an investigation check. Shadow, give me... Is it the perception check that is the advantage with smell? Yeah. All right, give me a perception check. And while those rolls are happening, Bernie, I'm going to say with your 24, what you pick up is that the vast majority of people in the Cajun Tavern Inn, they're looking up when you or someone else says something loud enough to cause a, a bit of a stir. You're getting about... 75% of the people are just looking up and then giving you the, oh, adventurers, and then just going back to what they're doing. Not really paying you very much mind. About 25% are regarding you for the extra moment. And after your interaction with the trinket seller that you were just talking to before you came on in, you're pretty positive all of them are marking you as, (laughs) hey, tomorrow I'm going to try to see if I can sell something to that person. Nothing nefarious beyond there's a bunch of people I can probably sell some shit to. Uh, So nothing erstwhile. Okay. Travancore, what'd you get on your roll? Uh, Shadow rolled a natural 20 on his first roll. So that's a 34 total. Detective Shadow mm. investigates. Okay. And Carlton, what did you roll? A 21 for the investigation. Perfect. All right. So here's what I'm going to say. Well, while, while Bernie is mulling over the looks that she got, Jonathan, Shadow, and Carlton kind of end up pooling your resources to turn this room over. Jonathan using his now heightened true sight, Shadow using his incredibly perceptive nose, and Carlton kind of scoping out where things might be hidden. You don't find anything as far as like a secret compartment or anything that would be a you know, like a, a cubby under a desk or a safe behind a wall or anything like that. Shadow leads you over to the bed and then under the bed where you find a knapsack that 
is pretty obvious this is the traveler's knapsack. This is the thing that would have included a bedroll and some some basic camping supplies and anything for just being out in the woods in the outside of town on a regular basis. And he's able to pick that up immediately. Jonathan, there is a moment as Carlton is pulling the knapsack out from under the bed and starts to rifle through it. And you stand up like the the three of you had ducked down under the bed as this had been yanked out. And then you stand up first and you have this moment in where you're looking now that you're in the room, back towards the door where Adriana is just basically standing there to see if you need her for anything else. And behind her, over the door, in that little corner of the room that's hard to notice because you have to enter the room and turn around and be looking at it behind the door, that's a scrying eye right there. You can see it. And I'm going to say, because you know what that is... And you've had a lot of experience with it that you can decide how you're going to immediately respond to it. Uh, Like you kind of lock eyes with it for a moment. And if you would like, I will let you have said you look away as though you hadn't noticed it. Yes, Jonathan the Metromuscular would would definitely try and feign not noticing the the scrying eye. Okay, I'm going to say you succeed at that without a roll because of all of your experience with this. But yeah, you clock it up in the corner. Carlton, as you are rifling through the bag, it is incredibly obvious that whatever happened to Ichabon, he was not expecting to be gone long. All of his equipment that would be your basic survival equipment is here. What would you all like to do? Good people of Faerun, Carlton Tanks here to let you know that Dungeon Drunks is now a level up dice affiliate. Does your ranger need stone dice to show off their connection to nature? Or how about a crystal set to show off your devotion to Queen Bay? Maybe a set of blue dice so everyone knows that your fireball burns hotter. Or what about a set of heavy metal so your barbarian can roll with force? Dungeon Drunks and level up dice have you covered. You can now support Dungeon Drunks with your next dice purchase by following our affiliate link bit.ly slash dungeon drunks. That's bit.ly slash capital D dungeon capital D drunks. And happy rolling. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons and Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into one single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from our favorite D&D streams, books, and Faerun's lore. Every week there's something new happening, and the game is available on almost any platform. Need some loot to gear up your champions? We're happy to offer a free Electrum chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on September 26th at 8pm Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. T-O-G-S-P-I-A-L-N-U-R-S. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Jonathan the Mech Muscular is going to kind of nonchalantly shift over to Bernie. And so Bernie was was still kind of processing the 
the information downstairs. So she's she's probably looking at a corner of the room, sort of like kind uh, of like zoned out. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jonathan the Match Muscular is going to position himself so that his back is to the scrying sensor, and he's going to sort of kind of look at the uh, at the same thing that Bernie is looking at, and he's going to say with that very quietly. Uh, does Scry uh, send sound? I don't. I don't. It, it does. That's right. It does. So he's going to say very quietly, and this is a stage whisper. There's a scrying sensor right above the door in the corner, and he assumes that Bernie is going to use this information wisely, and uh, and he's going to say, "That's the only invisible thing I see." And he says all that as quietly as possible. Bernie has been zoning out in the corner thinking about what she saw and thinking that the majority of people here that take advantage of people want their money and not their life. And she's been doing that thing where when you know you know, like pat a dog on the head and you're just sort of like absentmindedly like combing your fingers through mm-hmm. like the half long hair. And Bernie's gonna like sit there and go, ah! Oh, yeah, you know, I actually really think that if we can find this guy, this is going to be like the making of us. And she's going to, God, that sounded very Canadian. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, because this is her uh, lumberjack personality, y'all. Don't y'all know? She Don't y'all know? I like think the mom like... from Bobby's World, which is more yes. Minnesotan. I oh, guess. That's honestly, it's, oh, it's the mom from Bobby's World. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can now. I think I'm stuck in it. Um, oh, no. I'm here for it. Don't you know? Don't you oh, go no. for it? Okay, It'll be so see. good. Yeah. Okay. We're usually okay. this kind of thing up in Fargo. <laughs> I think, and I don't know if you want me to roll for this, because I think what we saw the last time we played, which is that Bernie doing this, I'm a big fucking idiot, is to help clue everyone around her into the fact that she thinks there's someone here to con. Like, she's not going to do her act if there's not someone to do it for. Yeah, I'll, I'll let uh, Carlton and Travancore kind of decide that. But I will say, you you do know, like, you all prepared to come for the con. So uh, I'd say there's a pretty good chance you this would make you suspicious in this room, considering that the only other person the two of you know about that's in this room knows you were sent from the watchful order and so you would not need to perform for yeah that's what she's sort of hoping to get across bernie goes yeah i really think that like if we can find him you will definitely get into the watchful order and then she's like looking over at travancore and college she goes did you find anything ah well shadow found this knapsack which i assume is for knapsacking of some variety Probably nap. Wait, no. Is he? Is he a gnome? Ichabod is a halfling. Halfling. Never mind. Oh, so Bernie cannot nap in that knapsack. A normal size knapsack. Bernie could nap in, uh, and maybe for many years assumed that that's where the name came from. Because <laughs> she's like, this is a sleeping bag and a ride. Wait, wait. Do you think he was abducted because he left his stuff? Stage whispering. Probably. If you can take care of the sensor i don't know do you if you want to leave it there and continue the act that'd be fine if you want to get rid of it that's also fine okay so 
I've read these novels about people and crimes, and this is a crime scene, and we should leave everything as we found it. Yes, we should definitely leave everything as we found it, just like the books. Carlton starts putting back all the stuff he touched. Carlton, how much did you touch? And uh, it's at this point when she finally, like, says Carlton, he turns around with his toothpick. I think you mean Jackie Elterell. What? <laughs> it's my persona, Julia, so they don't know who I am. <laughs> or, uh, not Julia. It's my persona, Bernie, so they don't know who I am. The fuck? <laughs> the actual fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been waiting for somebody to say my name in character for, like, three episodes as my lumberjack persona. None of us knew. And, and you chose my initials. I'm flattered. Well, I was doing the, uh, what we do in the shadows, Jackie Daytona. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, I was like, yeah. well, Daytona doesn't exist in Faerun, but El Terrell does. El- yeah, so I- I'm just Jackie El Terrell, normal half-orc lumberjack. Oh, my God. I love how none of us cut. knew. <gasps> That's oh. exactly what would have happened. All of us, Bernie, would have been like... Because we wouldn't have asked. Like, it wouldn't, have, wouldn't have, like, asked. yeah, it wouldn't have occurred for any of us to ask. So, so like, he just, like, Bernie, that's that's my persona. Just, that way they don't, they don't, like, find us when we're done with this thing. Yes, Jackie. We should leave the crime scene. Just like what, and then, now Jonathan's, the Magic Muscular's thrown for a loop. So Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to go to Bernie and, like, whisper quick, do you have a name? You have a weird name? I didn't know we were giving us Okay. Bernie's just like, I mean, like, Bernie's whispering at your knee right now because you're, like, blocking. She's like, I didn't know. She, like, looks up at Travancore. She's, like, just giving him this, the, 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 what is it? Who is it? It's the, this, the, like, the smile where you're just like, uh, yeah, so <laughs> the con is off. Apparently, Bernie's been out conned. So, uh, uh, you have a name? Okay, no. Uh, Bernie, yes, what Bernie said we should do based on the books, Jackie. Based on, yeah, I've been reading a lot of detectives, also some romance. There's some juicy shit. At some point, someone is going to be in this room, and there'll be two people and only one bed, according to everything I've read, and it's gonna get steamy. So I've decided in this moment, retroactively, that Travancore is going by the name Travancore, but he is masquerading as someone else pretending to be Travancore because he's deep into the deep cut. <laughs> so okay. you're Travancore playing Travancore. Travancore playing a guy playing Travancore. Exactly. So when exactly. Bernie looks at you like- what? I'm the dude disguised as another dude playing another dude. You yeah. are going to say yes, just like I'm really Travancore. And, <laughs> and also Travancore is two guys in the trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> Travancore is two shadows in a trench coat. Well, not even two. Well, just two shadows in a trench Vincent coat. A, just, he's Vincent Adult, Adult Manning here. You're two red pandas in a trench coat. So, <laughs> Jonathan the Match Muscular, very confused now, is going to go to Bernie, is going to look at Bernie, and th- is there. I mean, I didn't see a glyph of insanity, but, you know, I. Did, did did was insanity caused? You know what, Darren? I think it'll be okay. <laughs> did you just call Jonathan the Muscular Darren? Was that was that? Oh, I I need to know. Was that aimed at Jonathan the Magic Muscular? Yes, hundred percent. Because he'll roll with it. Jonathan the Magic Muscular in his head is like so. 
I'm going to roll with it. Was Bewitch the show with the two Darrens? Or, yes. Okay. Just making sure. I'm going to walk over to Jonathan or Darren. And be like, <laughs> oh, Darren. I wish you. Uh, I bet you wish we did that Telbon now. <laughs> yes. Darren wishes that had happened. I whispered it because I saw him whispering. Dar- Darren the Darrington. Sure. From the door, Adriana, who's been standing there half watching, <laughs> looking very confused. I had oh, roll an oh insight my. check. This is all falling apart. She thinks they send her a bunch of fucking idiots. Look, She's this gonna... is supposed to be a dungeon crawl. All we had to do was get to the fucking dungeon. <laughs> all I can see in my head is Matt Berry with a suitcase. <laughs> oh my god. It's a deep cut for you community fans. I love you all. This is the best thing ever of all time. I just feel like Carlton probably also tried to put a monocle on his eye that wasn't there. <laughs> it is very obvious. Adriana's incredibly confused. Uh, perhaps by the confusion in the room, perhaps because every once in a while you're whispering to each other and she can't hear it and she thinks that you are whispering from her and then feels awkward because she doesn't know whether she's supposed to maybe leave or whatever. So she finally clears her throat and speaks up and says, did you need to be here alone or... Did you need me to leave? I can give you a key because the watchful order said that they were going to cover the expenses of the room as long as you needed it, but I'm not sure what else. Darren is coming out of the room now. His investigation is complete. Darren is. Are you okay? Jonathan the Match Muscular is going to walk with this express with a blank but smiling expression out of the room, and as soon as he crosses the threshold of the door, he's going to go to Ambrosi and say, in a very hushed tone, I am so sorry. I don't know what's going on in there, but there are two magical things going on. One, there is a scrying sensor above the door. Second, there is a symbol of insanity in that room. Clearly, my entire party has been affected. So here's what we're going to do. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go back in there, and he's going to attempt... He breathes into his nose. I'm going to attempt to free my party. If you could give us a moment, that would be great. Please don't move very quickly, because the scrying sensor that I mentioned a second ago is still up there. Wow, you are listening to member-supported NPR. <laughs> this was a low-hushed, trying-to-be-calm tone, because as far as Jonathan the Badge Muscular knows, there is a symbol of insanity in that room, and it has Things taken have... everyone, including the stalwart Bernie. Things have Bernie's gone weird. Gonna, Bernie's going to see that he's he's leaving, and she's going to kind of look at the tavern keeper, and she's going to go, My good tavern keeper, I don't have a magnifying glass. I don't think we're going to find much more here, but I would love to adjourn to our quarters to talk to you more about this case of a missing or miss uh, abducted person. So Adriana has been standing there. She's been led kind of just outside the, the door by Jonathan, but the door is still open. They have this little hushed conversation. Well, Jonathan has a hushed conversation with her and then Bernie speaks up and says this and she curiously looks between the two of you and then looks over at 
quote unquote Travancore, quote unquote Carlton, uh, or Jackie Elterell, and says, "Okay, I wasn't sure if you were gonna stay in this room or if you wanted your own room. I can get you your own room. Uh, follow me." And she backs away, confused. Raises this room. I don't want to stay in the room of someone who is missing and or possibly dead. That's like a little weird. That is weird, but I was informed that you might want to, but uh, we have other rooms. And she's once again feeling the awkwardness of all of this and is now in a very performative, awkward way. Let me direct you to a room. And she starts to walk down the hallway. Travancore picks up on her discomfort and says, no, it's fine. This is an unusual circumstance. You're doing great. And uh, thank you. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you. Jonathan the Met. I'm sorry, Darren. Apparently. <laughs> Bernie's going to walk out of the room and come up to Jonathan and she's going to be like, can you tell me when we're out of earshot of this crying thing? I think we're... Wait a minute. Okay. Bernie? Who am I? Okay. Oh. <sighs> okay. The symbol of insanity Why? has released you from its grasp. I don't know what happened in there, but everyone went fucking nuts. It's fine. You're okay well, now. So no, 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 no. Um. So I thought we were doing names, but maybe you didn't tell me. Jonathan the Magimuscular didn't pick a name. Jonathan the Magimuscular just had a name picked for him. Now he's Dar- Darren Darrington. <laughs> Darren Darrington. That's good. I didn't pick a last name. I just thought. You looked like you wanted a name, and you were having a little trouble coming up with one. I, so I, just, I did. Jonathan the Magic yeah. Muscular was having trouble with the with the with the scene because Jonathan the Magic Muscular saw the scrying sensor, but Jonathan the Magic Muscular missed the symbol of insanity that's in there. I don't know that it's a symbol of insanity. I think it's just Carlton. And at that is when. She, Adriana, opens the door to not an adjacent room, but one that's two doors down. It is the same room. It's only got one bed. It only has one dresser and one It only has one scrying eye. No, Jonathan, when you do a look around as as the four of you and your animal companions enter, you do not see any anything that would be untoward. Anything you do not expect. No no glyphs of anything, no symbols of anything, no scrying of anything. And she places two keys down on the bed. One that she says is the key to this room. One that she says is the key to uh, the other key to Ichabod Tea Strainer's room. And as you all enter, she says, I'm going to go back downstairs and help my brother with the rest of the tavern. If you need anything else, please let me know. And she backs out of the room. She leaves the door ajar and very quickly leaves. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bernie so, closes the door and said, did you tell that nice lady that we were insane? No. I said that Jonathan the Magic Muscular had missed a symbol of insanity in the room. Tell me how that's different. <laughs> Bernie, do you like my con? I, I was inspired by all your cons. Jonathan the Magic Muscular tries to come up with a... With a with an explanation for symbol of insanity, but uh, it comes out like, uh, no, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> Nothing like cutting our credibility out from under us, right? From the, the get-go. Bernie looks at Carlton. She says, you did a very good con. In fact, you left me ass on the floor. So congratulations, Carlton. <laughs> You see, like, Carlton has, like, this, like, huge moment of, like, pride. Like, he just got, like, an A-plus grade from his teacher. Like, 
saying, I'm proud of you, son. Oh, you definitely, that was definitely a situation that you made all out of nothing. Well, if we're going to be full-on lumberjacks, then we should be full-on lumberjacks. We're not Carlton and Bernie and Travancore and Jonathan. So there was a scrying center in that room. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Why didn't you tell us that, Jonathan? That's what we were doing by being He was idiots. busy ascribing insanity to us. No, we were trying to be idiots so that you would realize that we're only idiots when people are watching. Well, now whoever's watching the scry definitely doesn't think that we're a threat. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah and that, that was my plan all along. Nice one. D- Jonathan the Magimuscular tries to think of what information is, how much, like, What's what's the resolution on a scrying eye? Is it is it standard resolution? Are they are they scrying in a in a 1080p a 4K? <laughs> are they getting 4K? Yeah, HDMI. And does it do the when they go enhance enhance? Does it keep it like magically depixeled? Jonathan the Magimuscular is trying to figure out if it would be apparent that he had a six level spell on when he saw when he clocked the scrying eye. So you know that unless the person who is who has cast scry and is looking through the scry has some way of noticing that, that it's not necessarily the the scry spell itself isn't going to pick up on anything. Right. It, it's a camera. I'm just wondering like, yeah. like how is apparent- it CCTV or is it, you know, you also know that it's not a wide, you can't see a ton and hear a ton from it's it. It's not a big field of view. It's 10 feet. So when it's attached to a target, it's within 10 feet of the target. When it's placed in a location, you get a little bit more, but not a lot. So, and and it is pretty much what you could normally see and hear through the sensor, a creature that can see invisible objects sees the sensor as a luminous orb. I'm just, I'm just reading through Scry just to make sure that I'm getting this correctly. So yeah, I'm going to say it's a normal resolution TV with some pretty good stereo audio, but that's about it. It's not going to give you radar. It's not going to give you a lot of other stuff. If you have some way of sensing other things through the Scry, then maybe, but just normally the Scry is not going to pick up too much. So that brings up an interesting question. So I understand the amulets that we have protect us from being having a scry cast upon us, but it doesn't necessarily protect us against a scry from a location. Oh, I'd forgotten that we had those. Yeah, I was thinking about that's well, what the, yeah, when you like, told me there was a scry guy, I thought, oh, she wouldn't put this in there if our amulets kept us safe. So the amulets mean, and you all know this, that it keeps you hidden from that kind of divination magic, and you can't be perceived at all by so that scrying sensor wait were we idiots for nothing wait a minute does she think Whatever. that there are poltergeists in the room that was one of the greatest things carlton's ever done i would not take that back for anything here's the thing it's not hiding shadow and bucks and coco snoot and it wouldn't have hidden adriosa wait, not right. adriosa adriana 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 so there would have been, if if someone was looking through that scry, it would have looked weird because they would have seen a couple of animals walk on in. And then <laughs> they would have seen... <laughs> they would have seen a sack open up and an animal party. <laughs> yeah, and they would have seen her and heard her 
talking with someone. And I think anyone who has the capacity to cast Scry, Jonathan, I'm going to say that you you can reason out anyone who has the capacity to cast that kind of high level magic would figure that the people that are being that there's people there that maybe you can't see or hear them, but that there are other people there. What they would have figured of that entire situation is completely foreign to you. But yes, right. you four would not have been noticed on the sensor. But oh, there would have been stuff going on. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. That's a hell of a tell. So Jonathan, how do you explain to us that we were idiots for nothing? So Jonathan the Magimuscular... So I, I think actually Travancore would have mentioned, hey, wait, don't we have these amulets? And then Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of pinches the bridge of his nose and says, you are 100% correct. And he's going to explain what Lauren just explained to us, what what they could see. And more more along the lines of just reminding everyone, because I think everyone remembers that we have these, like, or... Our characters remember that we have these amulets, even though we don't. We clearly didn't. So he wouldn't have had to to really explain all that much. He would have just said, just pretty much gone over it. So at the end of at the end of the explanation, he would have said, "So we still have some advantages, but whoever casts that scry probably knows that something is up now. Not necessarily that it's us, but that something is going on." I think the reason I made the choice to have Bernie be an idiot is she thought, well, if she's smart, the idea is they're dumb adventures, and if she's smart enough to dispel, in the same way that's like, we don't want the scryer knowing that we know. Right, and that's one of the reasons why Jonathan the Magimuscular presented it like he did, because he would let, like, his his front mind was saying, dispel it, dispel it, dispel it, dispel it, but then his back mind was like, ooh, well, maybe we'll just want to leave it on while we do our thing. So he was going to leave that up to Bernie. Okay. Because Bernie's wisdom score is a lot higher than Jonathan's. So Bernie heads back on in. And now that you know that you're not going to be perceived by the scrying sensor, do you do anything uh, in specific? Or are you just kind of walking on in and hitting a dispel magic? I feel like she'd like to try to be stealthy because she's a little gnome and a little gnome shadow will... I mean, like, she wants to give this person, now that it has been explained to her by uh, Jonathan and, and Travancore, like, the nature of what's going on. Oh, it, it doesn't say Travancore on our closed captioning. It says Traveling Core. <laughs> Travancore. Let's see. Oh, just Core. That's, uh, that's just co- That's Core. Uh, yeah, basically she, I, maybe, like, I'd try to roll, like, deception, because she's a little, little clank. Actually, no, maybe, no. If you're trying to be stealthy, then I would like a stealth check. Check, I stealth do check, know yeah. would be a disadvantage for you, but. Unless, stealth check, you said? If Bernie clued Travancore into this, then Travancore could always cast Pass Without Trace and give her a little bit of a boost. I like that. Yes, let's do that first. Um, okay. Is, like, it, yeah, is, is it bad to say to, to small characters uh the phrase give them a boost uh <laughs> given that, that bernie that... <laughs> is constantly asking for a booster seat i think i think that the in unintended give you a boost is fine i think i think context is is key there right. and because boosting is not necessarily something that is regaled to just the shorter races i think you're okay now, <laughs> but you're... i did have to think about that for a second i'm like if your 
party member does not like it yeah. constantly pointed out that they're short. You have to remember, Bernie constantly points out that she's short so that people underestimate her. Yeah. That's, that's part of her thing is, oh, look at this weird little gnome. She can't possibly be a threat. Yeah. All right. So give me give me that stealth check. It will be a disadvantage because of your armor, but you will get the plus 10 because Travancore has passed without your trace. Okay, so the first time I rolled a 4, and the second time I rolled a 15, so 4 plus 10, 14. 14. You clink a little bit, but I will say the the concern that you had, you know that this sensor can't see or hear you, and so your concern is kind of the the unintended room effects that a person can cause, like, say, your shadow, and because you know where it is and because it's actually right just inside the door uh you're pretty confident with that 14 that there's nothing that you have exposed to the sensor would jonathan have given bernie any information on i like i guess she i know she would have asked like scrying the scrying eye like she bernie would have been like how hard is it to cast a scrying eye Oh, uh, Jonathan feels like it is on the level of... And, and Jonathan, I'm going to say, you can just go ahead and say what level spell it is, because uh, clerics have access to scry, so... Oh, right. we do. Oh, okay. Bernie, we, I have probably access to it. I don't know if it's in my list of known spells. It's You've never used it, and it's not been in your known, which is why I like that you've asked Jonathan, but because it would be something that you could prepare, Jonathan, if you want to just tell her what level it's it is level so she spell. knows. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm like scrolling down mine. Because, yeah, I'm not, like, that's not the way I play her, so she yep. wouldn't be really familiar. I think Bernie is still going to cast Dispel Magic at 7th level, just to give us a little insurance. Sure. Dispel Magic. Yes. Okay, I use my 7th level spell slot. Okay. It just happens. Yeah, because you've cast a Dispel Magic at a higher level than the Scry. It just goes... Now, obviously, you are not seeing this. But, you know what, Bernie? Give me an Arcana check. Well, it's no pluses, but 11. With an 11, there's something... Knowing that it's there, knowing where it is, and being confident in Jonathan's description of what it is, you can almost feel when you cast the Dispel Magic, the wave washing over something in that corner and being dispelled. Mm. So yes, you're confident it is gone. Cool. And I will say, at this point, as the rest of you file back into the room to resume any kind of investigative shenanigans you would like to, that's where we will pause. The next time we get together, we'll finish up with investigating and you can decide what you want to do next. But first, let me give you some experience for a knapsack is for napping for Jackie L. Terrell, <laughs> which might Jackie have to be the name of this episode because no, that was it was fine. It, it, he earned it. It was one of those moments where he said that and all of us were just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Not often I catch the like, entire party off guard. Uh, I feel like sometimes those things happen. Like you have a sidebar conversation, and you're like, "I'm gonna do this really cool thing," and I feel like there was an entire sidebar conversation that none of us were a part. Yep, 
which was which was beautiful for uh, proud Carlton and for the teamwork involved in starting to turn over this room. Uh, I'm going to give you a total of 10,000 experience to split between the four of you. And the next time we get together, we finish the investigation into the room of Ichabon Tea Strainer. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Rebecca, a.k.a. Bunny Monster, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.